The return on this trip was at least 20 million. I'm dropping a bomb. At yes, least. You, you heard 20 million. In the US on this trip, we met with six different buyers and we fucking blew each one of them, each one of them away. Our goal right now is to get 5,000 important individuals talking about the brand so the rest of the USA Bumping, will... buzzing. Buzzing. We will no longer be treated, I'm gonna say this really loud and clear, as babies. We come in here, we work. We put in the fucking work. We put in the fucking work. We're ready to play at the highest level we're here to play at the highest level who whose breath stinks no i smelled it it's, no it's, it's yours, yours. it's like really bad just show just everything show everything everything and that's, that's what we the did key word. and so people everything. really started getting interested but they're like what the fuck is this yeah people like, are like what are you guys doing i'm jake the rover my life goal is simple wwe star called mr america my name is Leslie Carls. My nickname is The Panda, and I run this ship. Nick, just Nick. Can I get a midday squares? Midday squares uncensored. We are live. You guys know what it is. We talk about entrepreneurship, family business, chocolate, and whatever fucks are on our mind. Today's episode, so you guys all understand, is dedicated to humor and laughter. We're just here to unpack. Every time we start the show, we do a, a little segment called housekeeping, but this full show is about housekeeping because we have not been, we haven't done a podcast in three weeks. Longer. Almost a month. Mm -hmm. There's, I am jacked the fuck up on <laughs> caffeine this morning. I just want you to know I am buzzing. Okay, stop there. Stop there. <laughs> I have cut down caffeine. How do you like that? I so, don't believe it. So I was doing four to five cups a day of coffee, and then now I am on to one to two with six bottles of water. I guys, don't believe it. Guys, no, I'm three days in, and I'm following through. Six bottles of water. I've peed at least 14 times a day all throughout the night. My girlfriend is going bananas about it. Not only that, I feel good. I don't, I don't feel bad, but at two o'clock comes, I get this headache. You have no idea what it feels. It feels like the mountains just falling, the volcanoes erupting, the whole nine yards, but You're I'm following through. through with it. Yeah. Yeah. I respect uh, that. So for everybody, Jake has been someone that has gone through his life consistently complaining about all these like internal issues that he has. He doesn't actually have internal issues. So the one thing that is, he, so he thought he had Crohn's for a little bit. He thought he had IBS. The guy's dehydrated. <laughs> yeah. He's facts. dehydrated because he, he doesn't drink water and only drinks coffee. And I think he's finally coming to the realization that his poor little body's dehydrated and full of coffee. I am allergic to nuts and peanuts and I do have raynoids. Okay. <laughs> My feet and hands get freezing very fast. You have we, autoimmune. I have autoimmune. We were at a meeting, a fun meeting the other day with a legend, <laughs> one of the legends in Canada. And we were having the time of our lives, all three of us. And I started feeling the heat, bro. What I mean by heat, the freezing was coming into me. I started, my shivers, here, look, you can see my hands. They already start to react into purple. I didn't know what to do because we were in an important meeting. Couldn't say anything. They started seeing my struggles. I had bruises under the eyes. Yeah, yeah. The thing, they brought me blankets outdoors because we were outdoors, obviously. And it was just like, I was like, holy shit, I actually do have these autoimmune problems because no one else was that you cold. You should carry blankets on you. Like you should come idea. prepared. Like Maybe have like, a knapsack like with gloves, yeah. no, but heating pads. You're right. Yeah. Call it the autoimmune, the autoimmune kit. Exactly. I like that. <laughs> this takes us to the to the trip. Everybody. You, no, no. We, I got to say something before the trip. But Why? I just want to preface one thing. Sure. Sure. It's not just banter this episode. We are going to get the, the return on this trip was at least 20 million. I'm dropping a bomb. At yes, least. You, you at heard least. 20 million. So we're going to get into that. Let's go. Why is everybody wearing orange today? Honestly. Honestly, I think the problem I've been seeing is 
the tripod is morphing into one organism. No, Jim Gavin said that we operate as one. Dr. James Gavin. I love that Yeah, Dr. James Gavin, that we operate as one, that we are not individuals, we are one. (laughs) I don't know why we all wore orange, but we wore orange. But I have the nicest color orange by far. I'm burnt orange or pastel, and Nick's like a true orange. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Jake struggled on this trip, though. So I I do want to put some type of cadence to it because there's so much to unpack here. Jake acts like a hero. Ugh. Okay, we go on to this trip in Cali. The guy has no stamina. Can we talk about zero, how little zero. stamina you what had? Are you guys talking Negative. about? No, you have no stamina. I kept going, man. I had to do it. Nick, whenever there's a chaos situation with anything, he just walks away and, and sits on the side and sleeps or goes on his phone. <laughs> Leslie, and, Leslie and I had to deal with all kinds of problems. We're going to get into it, but there was problem after problem after problem with a lot of successes. That being said, Nick's only good at the drinking aspect and going long on the drinking and the dinners. That's all, babe. So the stamina really comes from the daytime when you have to go organize, make shit happen. Leslie and I were doing that. Like when we were traveling and oh, the flights got canceled, Nick. Nick didn't do a thing. He just slept yes. on the on the thing, but you also had strep throat. But let's... So so let's start from the beginning. Can I can I tell us tee off here? Tell us exactly tee us off. What was this trip about? So so all right. So we this is we called it the USA Roadshow. Um, this is the first time the three of us. Uh, well, actually, Jake left the country uh, before January 2021. But before that, I don't think none of us left since 2019 to the USA. Yeah, I hadn't touched soil since 2019. Exactly. So we launched uh, the USA probably what uh, March 1st. That's when we started shipping product, and we knew we had to go down there and really make the connections, network, meet people, see our buyers, see our di- our brokers. Um, you know, and also build the hype, right? Our goal right now is to get 5,000 important individuals talking about the brand so the rest of the USA... Bumping, buzzing. Buzzing. We, not, so we, not just talking. Not just talking. Buzzing. Getting on the roller Tribalism. coaster. Tribalism. Yes. So that was the main objective of the trip, to meet with our investors and do all this stuff. Now... What happened with the planning of the trip, though? Because it was a bit off, the planning. The, 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 the logistics of... That is bad. No, but can no, we first no, start? Before no, no, you need to take accountability for this one, Leslie. So, no, Come I'm on. not taking Listen to this. So before we're leaving to this trip, we have this whole thing with peanut butter. And I, guys, just for anybody who knows that's listening to this podcast, every time I've left the manufacturing plant, all hell breaks loose. Chaos. And I have to be- Chaos. Fl- chaos. I have to be flown back or like I have, I'm distressed. I can't sleep. There's something going on. And so I basically, right before we're leaving, I was told that our peanut butter supplier was cutting all, like closing their plant and moving to a co-packer and it was going to be the same uh, quotation product. So when we received the sample of the product, it wasn't the same. And then from there... This happened 48 hours before. Yeah, all hell broke loose. Exactly. So I actually couldn't go. The guys left on Thursday. I followed through on Saturday after a lot of R&D and reforms. Hot. Um, But yeah, basically we get to the trip. The planning was a bit off. I'm not going to lie. The The logistic planning of the travel was off. No, no. Hear this out very clearly because I want to take credit for something that I deserve. The Rainmaker pulled through with all the contacts that I had to reach out to. I think I reached out to 75% of the trip. And I pulled through with them. So my Facts. pre-planning, my planning was, was okay. gorgeous. Was gorgeous. Maybe I had one rejection. But Leslie 
with her planning of logistics. Of no, I didn't do the no, logistics, no, because babe, you I just know maps. You don't know maps, babe. I didn't plan any of the flights. I just said, okay, sounds good. When I was presented all the all the the maps, right? I just signed off on it. But and and just so everybody knows, right now during Corona, um, there's no direct flights. So we were on the milk run for all of our our, our airplane travel. I felt as though. Every day I was on a, a plane or a car. And when I was doing the math in my head of the, the circuit, nothing made sense. Zero. Nothing there, I remember at one point Jake and I were in a car going to meetings. And on day two, I realized we were going back to the same place we were on day one. Sickening. I'm like, why didn't we just double this up? We were already an hour out from L.A. So bad. And so we did it in two different days versus just putting one back to back. And the car that we had, guys, had like really sensitive brakes. So you know, what's so low is Jake and Nick do not know how to drive. First of all, Jake's the worst, then Nick, then me. Jake's driving is so nauseating. It's horrible. I literally was sick. I had to take Advils from like the, the headaches and the nausea, nausea from you uh, stopping and going. But you know what? It, that's, there, there was, okay, for all the jokes aside, we did, we, the milk runs were the milk runs, okay? The renting the cars took a long time. Eat ID, this, that. Who knows what was going on with that whole thing? We couldn't even rent a car at one point. We were on... 12 hour flights at one point. We were in airports carrying bags. I had heavy bags. Leslie 17 heavy hour bags. days. Nix doesn't have a bag. We missed our flight. We missed our flight. But from a serious standpoint, when we got to touchdown in Santa Monica and when we touched down in Arkansas and we touched down in Texas, we fucking made magic happen. And this is important because we, we did what we were going to do. We said what we were going to do. And we did more. Oh, we yeah. built relationships. We made noise. We got shit buzzing. We got real shit buzzing in real territories. Like, I mean, like, the inflow now, forget about retail, forget about retailers or buyers, investors. I just want to talk about the online inflow that you're having from the U.S. right now. When we do these trips, the power of word to mouth afterwards yeah. is bananas. People talk. They make We make people feel something. They go to five other people. They tell those five people. Those five people buy. The next 10 people buy. And this becomes a rhythm. So what we do every time we have these trips, and this is why we got to be there once a month at least is because it returns dollar value and growth to the company. I'm not going to name the retailers we met with. We met with the biggest ones in the world. The big in the world, literally, not, yeah. not North America, not North America, the world, and it was very successful. So, okay, first off, I want to say that I felt that we really met a lot of legends on this trip, like actual legends. Sam Blumenthal. Um, Sam Blumenthal, um, Barry, Turner. Barry Turner, Wade, like real legends where I felt like I needed to meet with these people to get re-inspired about being bold. Like sometimes when you're stuck in the office, you know, seven days a week, 17-hour days, you get lost in like the micro of everything. But then when you meet these legends who are like out there and and moving mountains, not, we are moving mountains. Yeah. I was so re-inspired by the boldness of, of some of these people. Well, because Barry Turner, for everybody that doesn't know, is the founder of Lenny and Larry's. And he is really is probably one of the most. The guy started his career as an American gladiator, like on television. Cyclops. Like, is his Cyclops name. is his name. He's an American. Google it. It's like just already the fact that he was an American gladiator. I almost, I almost flipped fifteen tables. I couldn't believe it. I was freaking. Okay, the guy's. I don't know what age he is. He's jacked. He's tanned. He gives no fucks. And you need to hear that as a founder and entrepreneur sometimes because sometimes you get caught up in your bubble, like Les was saying, where you start to think that you're crazy. Yeah. 
And then you start to meet your your mentors. Jake and I always talk about this on the show that books are our mentors. But what you got to experience, Les, is is a real life mentor. Even though he's not like people get it twisted what a mentor is. It's not someone that you need to have a formal relationship right. with where you're my mentor and I'm your mentee. And no. A mentor is just someone that inspires you, that's been there, done it, seen that. Barry Turner's been there, done it. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what I think is so special because sometimes when you like entrepreneurship, we talk about this all the time, is very lonely. It is. You know, even it, when you have a tripod like this, it's yeah. still lonely for well, us. Well, because we don't even have real capacity for each other. I mean, that happened on the trip, right? We got into an explosive fight. Oh, and I, I slept in a car one night, but and we can get to and that. And you booked a flight home, but you canceled it. Yes. <laughs> so, right, all that happened. But like when I, let's say, needed both your supports, like Jake did his very best to be there. You you couldn't even be there, right? But And but, I was hurting. And you already. were already hurting. You were suffering right and this is what we speak about in gyms is we're all suffering and so it's really shitty because you're my brother you're my husband the two closest people to my life and i and you can't even be there for me sometimes in another way that i need you to be there vice versa right same for me to you guys and i think that's the thing that's so lonely about entrepreneurship and so you're right like i always grew up thinking mentor was somebody that you know helps you with the things that you're actively doing but then as i listen to you guys uh, at talk and all the banter that you guys talk like do i realize that when you read these books of entrepreneurship and their stories, you realize that we're not alone in all the things that we are going through, that people have been through this, and it's going to be okay. And I think that's the, the powerful yeah, thing about I just want to I do want to shout out Barry Turner for a second because he, he doesn't know this. So shout out Barry Turner if you're listening. I hope you are. Um, you inspired me um, a day where I had a little bit of a breakdown on that trip about about retail, just about retail and, and the game of retail. And I just thought about you and, and I just sent an email yesterday night, um, a really bold email. And you were the first person on my mind saying that you don't just knock on doors gently. You go and you kick them down. And that's what I did. So Barry Turner, thank you if, if you're on any of these cameras listening and watching. I, it really means a lot. So you don't even know that you did that to me, but that fires me the fuck up. I want to say that one of the main themes that emerged from this trip that I find has been continuing into the meetings we've been doing when we're home is be kind, but be ruthless. Yeah. That is the theme that is emerging. Can you quote the person that said that? Be, oh, okay. Uh, who was it? That Mark, says, Mark. Yeah, Mark, Mark yeah. Smith so Montreal. Mark Smith is basically um, a money manager for, for really big family offices. And we were meeting with him this week and he's, this guy has literally met every entrepreneur from Vogue magazine to Larry Page, Sergey Brin. He worked with the top entrepreneurs in the game, period. But he's so humble because he knows that he's a, a servant to these people. And I don't mean servant in as in a servant. He knows that he's there to add value to these people's lives. And at any given point in time, his, his tenure could be over. And he's aware of that whole thing. And I just loved how humble he was about the whole thing. And so we were sitting there and we were speaking, you know, about entrepreneurship and all these things. And he said, guys, I'm going to be very fucking straight with you. The one thing that has been common through all the greatest entrepreneurs that I've worked with, and we're talking guys, legends, legends, legends. we can't name the name, but legends, people that have over a trillion dollars of assets. Okay, trillion dollars of assets. Insane. He sat there and said all of them had the same commonality. They were the most kind people, the most loving people, but they were the most ruthless when they needed to be. 
And so do not confuse being kind with being ruthless. There's a very, very strong line in between. And I think we work on that every day also in our therapy, right? It's just like how with all the hardships that flow your way with entrepreneurship, how do you stay kind and how do you still be ruthless? And, you know, how do you be like it is easy to be ruthless without kindness because you're just so exhausted and run down and you know you forget that empathy component but that's what we're working with because we know a lot of people have gone the opposite way right which is we know we can all name 10 people in our lives right now mm-hmm. that have grown have had has had extreme success and growth and is just ruthless not kind. Yes. Like we, we could and say that's that. that's not good. And no. I, and if we do that, then we failed. We failed. Even, we failed. If we, even, if we, even if we make it to whatever our goals are in terms of, you know, success, what we believe is successful, success comes with being kind and it works. It does work. But you do need to know when you flip that switch because if you don't, you're going to get eaten alive and taken advantage of. And I hate it because recently I've made it very clear to our teams that we will no longer be treated we will no longer be treated, I'm going to say this really loud and clear, as babies. We are not a baby. We have grown out of the baby stage of the adult. We're in the adult stage at this point. So treat me like, treat us and our entity like an adult. And I will no longer stand for buyers that belittle me, that belittle us, because at the end of the day, we deserve, we've worked so hard as an entity here to build something special. We've built a tribe of people that believe in the goal that we're trying to accomplish together. And I will not take that belittling anymore because that old school mentality, it's got to go. It's got to leave. And that's the crazy thing is that all inspired from this trip. And I do want to say on that note that like, Nick, we we just spoke about this. Basically, um, can you tell the like our listeners about what you wrote? You don't have to say who you wrote to, but in an email one day while we were on the trip it was a very bold email about us. We're tired of people not, you know which one I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do know. And I think that was a consistent theme of going through the trip is we were in a lot of meetings. And I remember in a lot of the meetings, there was, I would say half of them gave us what we felt the respect we deserved and half didn't. And one of the main things was that we stood our ground in the meetings that didn't give us the respect that we, we feel that we deserve. And it goes back to this whole theme in the world right now of the fine line between arrogance, ego, and confidence. When you look at the greats in sports, like there's there's this one interview with Kobe Bryant that sticks in my head like crazy, which is he was a rookie in the league, and everybody's like, when you're a rookie in the league, you got to earn your respect. But Kobe was coming into the league, and he was like, no, 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 man, I'm the next Michael Jordan. Mm. And so, so when funny. he went to go play against Michael Jordan, one of his teammates looked at him and said, when you're playing MJ – don't look him in the eye. And he's like, don't look MJ in the eye? He's like, buddy, MJ shouldn't look me in the eye. Yeah, I love oh, that. I love that's that. what he said. And he Woo! says it in his interview. And, and why I respect that, because I'm done with this whole pussyfooting around you having to not be confident in life. We put in, Jake, you said it perfectly. We bust our ass, man. We come in here. We work. We put in the fucking work. We put in the fucking work. We're ready to play at the highest level. We're here to play at the highest Mm -hmm. level. And so when you're telling me that we're not at the the level to be able to play in what I call the NBA, then you just got it wrong. And some of those meetings felt like that. And it's okay. I respect that. Not everybody wants to 
have not everybody can respect that level of confidence. Some people are intimidated by it. Some people don't want to see you win too early in the game. Why? You're only two years old, right? Midday Squares is only two and that. a half years I, old. That bothers you. Pay your that. dues. Yeah. What does that mean? Nothing. Oh, no. I'll, I'll never forget. Someone said, like, you're going to see what it's like. Excuse me? You're going to see. I see it right now. Right. It's like, why are you telling me I'm going to see? It's like, that's what get, drives me insane. And it drives, I don't get angry anymore. It's not, there's no more anger. And we were discussing this right before this podcast. It's not about anger. It's that I feel bad for the person. I actually feel sad because at the end of the day, they're deflecting on on us. And you're right. Sometimes they see these three punks. We're, we're young. We're, we're, we're wild. We're whack jobs in the world. You know, we're wacky. You know, we're wearing sweatshirts and, and pants, sweatpants, you know, like in meetings. Like, you know, sometimes I have my coffee. Cowboy hat. Cowboy hats. Oh, ca- Guys, how was the cowboy hats this trip? I just want to take a legendary, quick detour. Legendary. Legendary. If you are listening and fucking don't have a cowboy hat, you need to go buy one. Yeah. When I put on my Can, cowboy you, hat. Where is your cowboy hat? It's over there. When I put on the cowboy hat on this trip, this energy went over me. I wanted to go drill oil and slap some people around. Like I want to slap ride a ass. I want to ride a horse, slap some bandits around, and fucking drill oil. I agree. Oil uh, when tanks. I put the hat on, I felt very confident. Oh. I felt like on a whole other level of confident. We showed up to so we showed up to a buyer's meeting. So when we landed in Dallas, Texas, our one goal was to get a cowboy hat because we felt we really needed one. So we went searching. We went to Walmart. Jake and Nick were convinced Walmart Superstore would have cowboy hats. You gotta love I'm Walmart. I'm disappointed that Walmart didn't have Yeah, me have, too. Though. Me too. It was Jake a super was rattled. Too. They had cowboy boots. So anyways, we went to bed. We were a bit rattled. The next day I woke up, I started doing some research. Where could we find cowboy hats? Lots of places showed up. We went to a great legendary store, okay? While we were being taken in an Uber from Marcus, who was legendary, okay? The guy was out of control. Not normal. We got these cowboy hats. And when we showed up to the buyer's meeting, okay, this is a big grocery store, huge grocery store. We showed up. She didn't even know, like, she wasn't sure if it was us or not, but she had passed by these three people wearing cowboy hats. And she's like, is there, is a rodeo show in town? She's like, what is going on with these people with cowboy hats? But it was so hot when we walked on the meeting. She loved it. And uh, it it was just fun. No, it was fun. It was good vibes. And I think this is a big, a big turning point to say, you know, do whatever you guys can do. If you guys are out in the CPG world and you started a business and you're in the food, beverage, even if you're in another world of, that you sell product to retailers or wholesalers, go out there and make it your duty to get a meeting in person yes. or or whatever, a socially distanced meeting or if it's on Zoom, at least something where there's connection. Do not, I don't believe letting others just sell your stuff. And that why I don't believe that is because we are built on passion. Our company has been built on showing who we are as a team. That has been a huge success. People have joined this tribe, not just because of great product, because of what we've built. How could someone else show that on a deck? It is impossible. A picture and a written written sentence is no emotion. So for me, we proved that model in the US on this trip. We met with six different buyers and we fucking blew each one of them, each one of them away. But that's because we were us. We didn't even talk about the product, the business. It was just, let's jive. Let's be good vibes. That's the biggest takeaway for me in learning about this whole business is brokers actually are a very key component. Here's where I think the massive mistake happens. You go to a broker and you think your job's done. It's brokers are phenomenal at giving you scope quickly. So if you need boots on the ground in the U.S. quickly, you can't hire a sales team. Mm -hmm. 
brokers are there. They're going to get you the meetings. I promise yeah. you they're going to get you the meetings. Where a lot of brands fuck up is sitting back and not showing up to those meetings. And one thing we've learned is that work with your broker. Tell them your job is not to steal their shine. No. Your job is to make sure that you close accounts for them. Because once the account's closed, then you could sit back, let your broker do your thing, and then all your job is is to relationship build. The thing... But before, this is really important. This is really important. Yesterday, I was on a call. Yeah. And someone said to me, someone said to Michelle and I, Michelle is our VP of, of, of sales, and she was shocked by this too. The, the people said, you guys don't need to really go, you guys don't need to meet with the small accounts. Just let your brokers do that. You know, you don't really care about that. It's just the big ones you care about. And I, my blood boiled and I don't get angry a lot now, but I got angry because this person's telling me the small accounts don't matter. Do you know what built midday squares? If you want to get our business, you're trying to get our business right now. And you don't even know that the small independent corner stores are doing more volume than 10 massive stores. You're going to tell me, I don't want to build that relationship. It's not worth my time. I went wild and Michelle went wild too because our core value is to go build those relationships. And we know when we build those relationships in retail, the turns are dramatically higher. I'm not talking 2X. I'm not talking 3X. They could be 4X. And that's the scary part of where this world is. And it bothers me. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, we built our business on those stores. And I think that we, you know, when I failed in Hector, one of my biggest problems was I reached for the department stores. What first. was Hector again? Just quickly recap. Uh, Hector is the clothing, my clothing line. Um, I, you know, I used to design full ready to wear uh, uh, clothes. And um, my first instinct was to go for the department stores, you know, Bergdorf, Nordstrom, Saks. Uh, and I met with them. And, and the thing is, if you don't build your brand, street cred. Then when someone goes into department store, department stores are for brands that are already developed because when people are going to the department store, they've they know the brands, right? You need to be in all the smaller boutiques that 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 are the trendsetters. The small boutiques are the trendsetters. People go there. The five thousand people we're talking about, those are the people that's, that shop at the trend trend setting stores. Yes. Then after that, once it's trend set, the department stores pick you up, and people know about your brand, right? So it's the same with us. Like we said at the beginning, our biggest strategy was being in five kilometers of all the mom and pops and cafes and 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 food service places because the trendsetters are going there for their smoothie, for their coffee, for their workout, for this. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, I'm seeing this brand everywhere. Now let me talk about it, right? Oh, well, let me buy it. It's really good. Let me talk about it. And then you've inf it, you've infiltrated, infiltrated the five thousand key people that you need to have to blow up the brand. Uh, guys, you just inspired me, which I'm going to do today right after this call. I'm going to ask our broker, Greenspoon, shout out to Greenspoon, done a great job, to give me the contacts of all the current small accounts that took our product, like the ones I heard about Stowe in Vermont. There's one in New York. There's one in, 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 in uh, Central Texas. And I'm going to ask to call the buyer just to thank them. Love that. Because didn't, we didn't get to present them. Those smaller accounts were, were just open through broker relationships, which is great. But I'm going to call and thank them because I just got inspired that what we did with Marche Tao, which is our first, first, you know, independent retailer in Montreal when we started our th first three months in, that built Midday Squares Foundation right off the bat. Straight and, up. and if we didn't remember that, well, even Nature Santé. Na sorry, Nature Santé. Another, was yeah, exactly. He's legendary. Shout out Francisco. And without that relationship, 
we're not here today. So I think that's important. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to spend about two hours today just calling, if I can get the contacts, calling the buyers and thanking them. Because at the end of the day, I genuinely want them to feel that this isn't a thank you just to say thank you for the sake of just pushing it over and be like, oh, yeah, we just want to thank you because we want you to be like us. No, it's this is the beginning of our of our journey of our in the United States. And it's our journey of the United States of becoming the next Hershey's or Nike's in the U.S. So I'm on a call yesterday, okay, with a packaging company, a guy who's out of Chicago. He went to buy the product from a juice store, one of these small yes, cakes. Yes, the juice is a hot company there. Babe, they sell our product. No, you don't understand. He's in line. He bought, He pay, takes one bar up, right? Because I have a call with him yesterday. Bold. Bold. The girl behind him in line goes, I'm obsessed with these bars. She goes to grab some bars. And he was like, okay, this brand is barely in the U.S. <laughs> he was blown away because he there was like action right in front of his eyes right before he's getting on a call with me. So it was just so cool to see. And we're just talking about these, these mom and pops, these important stores. Boom. Look what happened. I don't know how much I need to say it. It's going to sound like a broken record on this thing. 5,000 people. 5,000 people is all you need. And the reason why we bump in that store is because it's the right 5,000 people. We're in the right area. And that's that's how you grow a brand with very limited resources. On another note on this trip is literally we came back. And going back to Jake's point is don't let the media deter you from thinking that in-person is no longer important. Zooms, video chats, all great, all great, all great. They allow you to do more without having to travel. The problem with computers is they remove serendipity. Serendipity is completely removed, meaning you don't end up in a city somewhere else. You don't end up in a city somewhere else where you go on your gram and then someone hits you up and says, hey, by the way, I'm in the city too. You want to re- you want to hang tonight. So what happens is on your Zoom, yeah, you might have had a meeting with a buyer, but in real life, if you travel to that location, you'll get the meeting with the buyer. Then maybe the buyer meeting will go well and they'll want to do dinner or hang and have fun together. On top of that, you're now in a city and you're meeting people within that city and then people in your gram see you're there and then they're like, I want to meet up. Then you take that meeting and then that person's like, hey, I got three other friends that are coming hang tonight. You want to come do that? You show up to that. Next thing you know, one of those friends is fucking Michael Jordan's gardener and is like, hey, I want to introduce this to Michael Jordan. You know, like that. this is what happens. It's the same core value of how could you launch a big retailer without walking the store? So you got to go fly. We, we pitched to a massive retailer and we're about to launch June 1st in the, one of our biggest retailers in the United States and we're super proud about it. But on our recent trip, we went. Nick, Leslie, you didn't come at this point. You were already in Montreal. We went to the retailer in, I think it was in California. Yep. And we saw two different fridges. We saw two, two different coolers. Without seeing that cooler, we wouldn't have been in that new, new cooler that we're going oh, into yeah. now. Oh, yeah. So... That's the same thing. That's the serendipity that happened. It was we walked in, we visualized, we saw, we experienced, and we made another decision. You can't get as much work done from your desk as you can, but going out into the world, you but know? But the, the spreadsheets fuck everybody up, Les. Yeah, they do. Yeah. The they spreadsheets do. fuck everybody up because people go and they're like, wow, this trip, let's say it costed, I don't know, 10 grand for us, okay? Yeah. Uh, the three of us. You put that on and you're like, oh, wow, we could save 10 Gs by just doing Zoom. The fucking ROI on this trip. We did the easy back of the paper math. Between now and 2022, 15 to $20 million was booked on this trip. 
15 to 20 million dollars for 10 G's. But but I have to say though, like right now with the pandemic, there are definitely limitations. Yeah. We are food, we're critical, we're essential service, so we have a little more flexibility. But I think after the pandemic, when you read all these media, yes. th- these the, all these articles, and they say this is the new way to do business, I agree. That's where we need to put our foot down and say the the way that we were doing business pre-pandemic is truthfully the best way to have serendipity. You know, and I think that we need to keep that in mind. Like, yes, like you said, it is easier to just hop on a Zoom. You can save money on the PL, but it doesn't do. We saw it with our own eyes. We've been doing Zooms for 14 months now. We do one trip, and in that one trip, we're able potentially to output $20 million. And, and if you meet the right people, so I want to shout out uh, Blake Worldwide, legend. If you guys don't know Blake Worldwide, go check him out on Instagram. Complete beauty. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, we'll show put notes. Barry Turner. We'll Ryan, put all the legends. Ryan Patel, Wade, Wade Yenny. These are legends that each are so different in so many senses, and not only in the food space. These are other spaces. Nick Moon. Ra- yeah, Nick Moon, Lucy. Mark. We're putting a legend. Okay, done. But they- just to say, Ryan Patel, he, he's a CNN and Fox contributor. So just Ryan Patel. Anyways, no. But what I'm saying is Blake. He just after the trip, okay, just after the trip, we hung out with him for two, three hours, had the time of our lives. We were all laughing, exploring, having the, we really felt good. Can I say one thing on this though, yeah. on a side note? Like three idiots, okay, let me paint the picture. We're in the middle of fucking Austin, Texas, beaming heat, heat like you've never felt before. Blake invites us to go on a boat day with them. We're all on this like this fun little boat and we're ripping it. There's sunscreen on the boat. There's facial sunscreen, sunscreen, hat protective. Everything. Jake, Les, and I, like three heroes. And I, we're I, pale. I, we're pale as ass. Pale as ass. I still don't understand why we all I, – I, I could say for me it was laziness. I yeah, was same, lazy. Same. Yeah, was I didn't want to. Play I was ignorant. On. I was yeah. ignorant. <laughs> trying to be cool. I thought it would be fine. My legs are so burnt. I I'm still. I'm peeling. I'm me peeling. too. I'm still. Uh, peeling. I think this, I had like weeks. first degree. I definitely burns. Have. I have discoloration it was dumb. on it was my dumb. legs. It was the dumbest so dumb. fucking thing that we've ever done. Dumb. Okay, back to you, Jake. But we had fever. Yeah, we yeah. no, we, we we literally had heat stroke. What it's called? Yeah. Heat stroke. It's horrible. It could last for very long. We, I got to tell you guys. So, aside from the heat stroke that we went through, like aside from that. Just from one person, there has been four really genuine, powerful introductions that happened from the heart of someone because we connected emotionally with this person and we love this guy and he's now helping us. He doesn't even realize how much help he did. Those three to four connections are helping us grow really fast. So I just think you got to go out there and that serendipity makes a difference, but also go make people feel something. It's very hard to make people feel something behind a screen. You can't see the, the the whole thing. You can't see the whole picture that's happening. And if you don't do that, you might not get those four connections. You might you might get one. Yeah. You might not get someone to go out of their way because of the thing that you made them feel, the emotion you made them feel. So I advise as soon as this pandemic, like Leslie said, is over or wherever limitations stop coming, go out there. And make sure you remember the oldest trick in the book is to build relationships with people by creating emotions and feelings. It is hard to do that on a computer. I had a quote that I saw the other day on Twitter that really hit me because it made me realize something. So it says the key to life is give more than you take. Okay. The the difference between giving more than you take um, is really important. And I always interpreted give more than you take as... What could you do for someone versus what they can do for you? 
But then I realized what's happening with us because we're truthfully leading and it and it, it's 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 genuine because we love these people that we're meeting. You know, we all have we always talk about it after we meet how much we love them and excitement is give more love than you take love. It's not just about what you could do for a person because most of the time you might not have something that you could do for a person. So you might be sitting there. Well, what could I do for this person? Just love them more than they love you. And that's. And that that vibe that you create when we were on the boat, it was genuine. It was real because there was just this really amazing love that was going around the boat that was just so fun. It was so fun. I think something I learned over this trip, I, I knew it before, but you guys know I'm like I spent a lot of time, you know, behind the scenes. I spent a lot of time here at the at the office. I don't network as much as I probably should. Um, but I realized like when you meet influential people or people that have a lot of connections or have uh, are successful, right? A lot of people just want things from them. And I realize that they are exhausted from that, you know? And so when you meet people, my my advice is don't ask don't ask them for a favor. Don't ask them for something. Just be their friend like you said, like love them more than they love you. And sometimes all these people, yes, they have all these connections, but they're exhausted from having to always do this for that person, that person. They just want to meet cool people too, and they just want to have real relationships, you know? Real relationships. Real fucking relationships. But people always have different agendas, and that's sad. Yeah, like even getting a call with someone like I've realized like I could sit back and relax um, and actually just listen to this, to people and not have to ask for things. And the conversation ends up coming back in four months from now where the person's doing something for you without you even asking. And, and, and it's not even good to think like that. But what I do when I go into calls now, as I've personally grown as an individual, is realize that you don't have to be waiting to say, to ask for what you need. It's like, yes, this person is very influential, but fuck it. Why not just be living in the moment and have a good time because the love that you create. Real collab. Real collab will happen. It will come whatever way it comes. But it's good to have people in your corner that are real and genuine. And the only way to do it is stop thinking in the top of your head. What am I going to get from this person? Why am I going to do it? Why am I speaking to them? Agenda. Agenda. Throw agendas out. Just to, throw the, it Whose breath stinks? No, I smelled it. No, it's, it's, it's yours. yours. It's yours. Okay, but so no, I, no, smelled, I smelled yours. No, no I smelled yours. So it's here's, like really bad. Here's my beef. Okay, here's my beef. Uh, just to wrap up. The, this trip is on the trip. My problem with Jake and Les is there's no accountability between these two. <laughs> so the amount of ass and for That's everybody. That's not mine. No, I don't believe that. No, How could you be around? In the, the car, so, it was you or Nick. You or Jake. Let no. me just finish my thought, please. The amount, the level of farting and bad breath that happened on this <laughs> trip. But yet, we're three people. And nobody's taken accountability. Zero, zero. There's no accountability. How do these smells come? Listen, they just right. come from I'm my gonna, I agree. It's, I'm not going to lie. You, sometimes my breath was bad because of the mask. Like, I have well, to say, it's very dry. Like, we did a 12-hour flying day or, or even 15-hour flying day. We didn't get to eat. I was dried up. Like, I was barely drinking water. So, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, at those moments, it was probably me. But I would rather die before farting in the car with my husband. I would rather die. So you need to trust that when I say it wasn't me, that it was one of you so two. No, I, know, I know who no. farted. No, I know who farted. It wasn't me. I admit when I fart, I realize the breath, the dryness, breath could happen because of the coffee. But currently, your breath stinks. No, it's yours. No, can you please do a lip this No, I can't. I, I do want to just I'll say one. I want to say one thing is that um, I used to have a Shih Tzu. 
Okay. <laughs> no, was, was really, it a Shih Tzu? It was a Lasso Apso, but a lot of people don't know what a Lasso Apso is. It's basically a Shih Tzu. Let's just call it a Shih Tzu for the sake. And he used to poo and he and we would find the poo like three weeks later because uh. he would go in these weird spots of the house uh. and it was so dried out. Uh. And there was a weird stench from the dryness. <laughs> my br- no, but my breath hit that level of smell. Oh, you had the some really bad breath. Yeah, it smelled like dry Shih Tzu poo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, guys, on that note, we love you all. I think the moral of the story is, fuck, real relationships really work. Throw agendas out. Um, get out there. Don't Let wait. serendipity happen. It's beautiful. I mean, like I said... The return of this trip, 15 to 20 million of booked revenue. If that doesn't convince you, then I don't know what fucking will. And brush your teeth. Leslie does not brush her teeth. No. Three, two, one. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole. Midday squares uncensored. Hope you guys had a good laugh. Leslie will be brushing her teeth more. We'll see you on the next episode.